Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. Today on the pod, we're going to be talking about sex. I don't know about you, but for many years of my life, I thought talking about sex was half the fun of having it. (laughs) And in some ways I kind of still do like there's something about sitting with a group of girlfriends. There may be margaritas involved, but also you don't need to have margaritas involved to just be having so much fun talking about sex. And my goal today is to leave you with that giddy feeling and a whole lot of knowledge that will be better than any cosmopolitan magazine you ever read about how to take your pleasure and sex life to the next level, specifically around your cycle. And so I'm just so excited about today. I think it's going to be really fun. And speaking of girlfriends and having the conversations that you wish were the norm in your friend group, before we jump into today's pod, I do want to let you know that the waitlist for the Well Woman Collective is officially open. Yay. This eight month coaching program has helped countless. I mean, over 85 plus women achieve hormone harmony, gut health, happiness, food freedom. Let me show off my clear skin without makeup vibes, best periods of my life status, body confidence, getting pregnant after loss or struggle, or just having so much confidence going into their first pregnancy and getting pregnant with so much ease and so, so much more. Inside the collective, we give you the foundations for being a well woman in the modern world for decades to come through a deep understanding of holistic nutrition, gut health, hormone balance, cycle syncing, liver love, and detox support, stress management, mindfulness techniques, and support with intuitive eating, and then integration. How do we really make this work for our lives? This will be the only program that I continue to run and support through my maternity leave. And it will be the only way to work with me in a long-term container from now until September of 2023. So if you are ready to find your tribe of well women, join us inside the collective. We're not just changing our own lives but truly healing the world and all of womankind around us when we do this work. So join our movement of well women 
Being on the wait list is going to give you access to bonuses as well as discounts for being an early bird. Gotta love an early bird that gets the worm. And enrollment will begin later this month. So there's a link in my bio to get on the wait list if you follow me on Instagram. There's also a link in the show notes if that is more your jam. So now we can jump into our topic of the day, sex, having better sex right? Increasing your desire based on your cycle and other factors too. This is going to be part of a sexual health series. And in part one of this series today, we're going to cover sex throughout your cycle, how to optimize for your pleasure based on what's happening in your cycle throughout the month. Next week in phase two, we're going to start to troubleshoot answering questions like, is hormone balance interfering with your libido? Um, and we're going to talk next week too, about how desire and sex is like a sourdough starter. This is my newest analogy that I'm really loving. You really have to feed it regularly to have a healthy sex life and why you can't try to increase your libido exclusively for a partner. It has to be for you, but that's all to come next week. So this week we're going to be starting with sex throughout your cycle. Now there are four phases of your menstrual cycle each with a distinctive hormone profile that influences libido as well as brain chemistry, which impacts so many other aspects of your consciousness that in return impact sexual health. So it's not just about hormones when we're talking about your cycle and how it impacts desire, libido, and your sex life. These shifts create physical changes in the body as well, which then also can influence pleasure and desire. It's so cool and exciting. We have so many layers here, the hormones, the brain chemistry, the physical changes that are happening in our body that really influence how we show up when it comes to sex, how we show up when it comes to pleasure. And today I am going to break it down for you phase by phase, starting with the menstrual phase. Now, this is always a big debate. Some women love period sex. Some men love period sex. Some women despise it. Some men, it's not their favorite. And others of both sexes can feel neutral to it. I'd love to know what camp you are in. And if after this podcast, that shifts for any reason. So feel free to send me a note on Instagram. If you're like, I'm team period sex or like not happening for me, at least now, but let's see what happens after you give this podcast a listen to. So your menstrual phase is the easiest of all of the phases to identify because yes, there is blood coming out of your vagina pretty hard to miss. (laughs) So a a healthy menstrual phase should last about three to six days and you should set shed somewhere between about 40 to 80 milliliters of lining of blood during the entire bleed. 80 milliliters is about four and a half tablespoons of blood, by the way. So go measure that, go see what four and a half tablespoons of water, of juice, whatever looks like if you're curious about how much that is, because anything more than 80 milliliters or anything less than 40 milliliters might of menstrual blood might be a sign that your hormones are out of whack. 
might be a sign that something's out of alignment in your body. If you're like, well, I just use pads. So it's really hard for me to know. I could suggest for you to try using a menstrual cup just for a cycle or two. One, you might really like it, but also because it gives us a really clear ability to measure in milliliters, how much you're bleeding. Now, when it comes to this phase and sex, the way to make the most of it will vary woman to woman, but for everyone, it should really feel about honoring and tuning in with your body and setting boundaries. If that feels necessary for you when it comes to sex. Now we talked about the fact that there's blood coming out of your vagina. So some of you might be thinking like, yay, that's extra lubrication. No need to pull out the fancy schmancy organic lube. And if you're not using organic lube, try coconut oil, (laughs) but please stay clear of the astroglide or just the conventional lubes. They're not good for you, your body, your vagina, et cetera, your partner's penis, your partner's vagina, whatever you're into. Because if you think that, but you do need something, because if you think that you're just like, oh yeah, we've got extra lubrication while I'm bleeding, you're wrong. Lube is super helpful during the menstrual phase because blood dries quickly. Think about the last time you got a cut, right? It's not a slippery, slidey fluid and it can create chafing if you're relying on it for lubrication during period sex. Doesn't sound fun. And that feeling of extra lubrication might make you feel more aroused. So like the fact that there is more of a wet sensation inside your vagina during this phase may help you feel more aroused. So if you're horny on your period, that may be one reason, but when it comes to actually doing the deed, you want to bring in some extra lubrication support because that lubrication that is provided by the blood is going to dry quickly and not be sustainable for sex. So if Being lubricated with some period blood is one reason why you might be horny on your period. There's also others. So another reason that you might feel horny on your period is that your uterus increases in volume before you bleed, which puts a heaviness and pressure on your pelvic floor, which can feel pleasurable. I know this was totally the case for me when I was having regular periods. It's so, you know, such a wild experience as someone who was so in tune with my cycle to have not had a period for going on five months now. Um, And I still vividly remember like that feeling of like more heaviness or pressure on my pelvic floor, actually giving me physical sensations of desire of horniness. And so if that is common for you, just know that that is a totally normal thing to be happening. Because during this phase, hormone activity is really low, like the lowest it's going to be all month. So your hormones are not really driving desire. But that physical pressure that you're feeling on the pelvic floor or that extra lubrication that you're feeling inside your vagina might put you in the mood. Now, when it comes to that physical pressure, you're also the nerve endings on your G spot and your inner labia and also the clitoral legs feel that pressure too, which is kind of fun, right? It's kind of like when you ride a horse. (laughs) smells like when you're riding a horse smells are not super sexy, right? We've got like 
Sometimes the barn smell. Sometimes we have like the horse poop smell. Sometimes the cowboys are sexy, but let's be real. Most of the time when you're on like these like trail things, they are not, but that physical feeling can do it can do the trick all on its own, right? Like I can't be the only one who thinks it feels good to ride a horse. So sometimes even if all of the other factors that typically drive desire aren't in place, the hormones, it can just be the physical sensations that are happening. And that is most common in the menstrual phase when it comes to what is driving desire. Okay. So you might be feeling super horny or not while you're on your period. And if not, that's totally normal and okay too. For a lot of women, there are mental hangups around their period being messy or dirty, which turns off any physical desire they might be feeling. If this is you, I highly recommend we work together in some capacity, probably inside the Well Woman Collective, so that you can live your life more in alignment with your cycle. And it'll be so much more pleasurable if you don't have feelings like that towards your period. But if you're not in that place yet, it's okay to not feel like menstruation is a sexy time. Additionally, for some women who experience pain during their period, right? Whether those are headaches or cramps, they may not feel like having sex or even self-pleasuring. I also do want to plug a quick reminder that period pain is not normal. And while it is common, it should be addressed as a sign that something is out of whack. Something is wrong in your body and your body is asking for support. Common, not normal to have pain on your period. And this is something that I help women find freedom from all the time. However, if you are someone who is currently experiencing pain in the process of getting to a pain-free period or a painless period, oftentimes it can be surprising um, for people to recognize that pleasure, self-pleasure or sex during their periods can actually provide pain relief. Okay. So self-pleasure or sex, having an orgasm or stimulation to the area. It doesn't have to end in orgasm necessarily, but stimulation to the labia, the clitoral legs, et cetera, can relax the fascia that holds the uterus, basically creating an internal uterus massage. And also the clitoral stimulation will give you oxytocin, which is a natural pain reliever. And when you orgasm or have oxytocin, which you can have just from stimulation of the clitoris in general, or from feelings of orgasm creates oxytocin, which is the bonding hormones. You can also create oxytocin with just like a really good hug, by the way, some skin to skin. Um, but oxytocin will also flush out cortisol, which is your stress hormone, which is associated with menstrual discomfort. So there are many reasons here why you can experience pain relief by engaging in self-pleasure or sex during your period. So maybe put orgasm back on the menu for your periods, even if you aren't immediately feeling it because you're feeling uncomfortable. It might be worth a try. Some women do wish to have some physical space from their partner during this time and go into like an inner autumn, get cozy mode during their period. And that can make this a great time for self-pleasure over sex. 
And it's also the most intuitive time of your cycle. So if you're working on increasing desire overall and improving your sex life, taking space during this part of your cycle to self-explore what you like and what you don't and get intuitive about that without the pressure of anyone else being present or being worried about what a new partner thinks about your period stained underwear or feeling like you have to show up for anyone but yourself is an excellent reason to focus on self-pleasure over sexual intercourse or not even intercourse, but, you know, just being sexy with a partner during this time. Um, and for all of these reasons, I definitely recommend exploring masturbation and self-pleasure on your period. But if you feel like sex is calling for you, go for it. And like be okay with and allow that to be okay, you know, knowing that if that is not what you want right now, it'll likely be calling to you in a later phase for lots of biological reasons. So there's no need to force it during this phase. So overall, menstrual phase, great for self-pleasure really intuitive time to figure out what you want, what feels good. You might be experiencing some physical sensation as a result of a heavier uterus, those nerve endings. It creates sometimes pain relief. There's a lot going on when it comes to sex and the menstrual phase. And if you're also not there yet because of discomfort or pain, know that that's possible for you, but that it's okay if you don't desire it during that time. Now, the next phase of your cycle is called the follicular phase, and it begins when you stop bleeding and lasts until you have a few days before you ovulate. For the average woman, this phase is about seven to 10 days. However, if you have really long cycles, it is the, this is the phase that is typically longer if you're having a really long cycle. The themes of this part of the cycle when it comes to sex are exploration. Dora the Explorer like vibes. A lot of this has to do with what is happening in your brain chemistry this time. Okay. So now we're going to the brain. Your brain loves novelty during the follicular phase. You're extra curious and novel or new experiences get you feeling excited. Applying this to sex inside the bedroom looks like taking advantage of that desire for novelty to explore innovative ways of experiencing pleasure. Maybe that's like trying a new toy or a new position, playing with tantric massage, role play, or fantasy exploration. If you have an adventurous partner and it's been challenging for you to get on board with some of their desires to do new things, this is the best time of the month for you to play with your edges and explore that. Or if you're the adventurous one, you know, in the part, in the partnership, this will make you even more excited about sex during this time because you're really turned on by those new experiences. But I think it's important that we recognize that sex often starts outside of the bedroom. And I don't just mean on the kitchen counter, <laughs> but during this phase, that actually might be exactly what you're looking for, right? Like a new place to, to get it on. But I mean, in terms of connection, 
right? Sex starts before we actually start having sex when it comes to connection and playing on that desire for novelty, for new experiences during this phase, doing something different with your significant other or someone that you're dating is going to stimulate that oxytocin, the bonding hormone that we talked about already in the last phase. You're going to see it come into play a lot that women love when it comes to connecting via sex later. So instead of going to the same place, you guys always go for a dinner date or just like going on a dinner date in general, try a cooking class or play a game that inspires you to ask each other different questions by being in a different environment and trying something new. You're going to stimulate the right neurons in the brain that will help get you stimulated between the sheets as well. And then once you're doing the dirty, you may want to bring your lube along for the ride in the beginning of this phase because hormone levels are relatively low still, but starting to rise. One of the most interesting things I think about, you know, sex and cycles is recognizing that it's not all about the hormones, right? Like for this phase, it's really about the brain chemistry, at least for the first half of it, until some of those hormones start to pick up in the second half of this phase you know, a little bit later. And that's where you'll have some like more natural wetness going, you know, for you. And you might not need the extra help from the lube, but we can just really start to take note that there is so much else that's driving desire when it comes to your cycles, other than hormones. And in your follicular phase for the first half of it, at least it's so much about the brain chemistry. All right. And now because of that, When it comes to orgasms during this phase, the best way to have that one (laughs) or the, the best way to have the best orgasm, because that does change from phase to phase for a lot of women is to stay in the orgasmic plateau. This is due to what's happening hormonally, right? So there is some hormone activity going on here. It's also due to what's happening with the brain chemistry. And it's really cool that it goes the other way as well. So basically like if you are staying in your orgasmic plateau of phase of pleasure, we'll talk about the different phases of phases of pleasure. It's hard to say fast. Um, We'll talk about the different phases of pleasure in a moment, but the longer you stay in the orgasmic plateau, you'll actually get more hormonal benefit as well. So it's kind of a win-win. And when we recognize that like, because there isn't so much happening hormonally in this phase, staying in that orgasmic plateau and getting those hormone deposits or hormone benefits is going to be so helpful to the rest of your cycle. We can also start to see how cycle syncing our sex, cycle informing our sex also starts to lead to so much more ease and pleasure outside of our sexual, you know, life when it comes to just energy and metabolism and the way that we feel emotionally in other relationships in our lives as well. Okay. But back to talking about the sex, what is the orgasmic plateau of pleasure? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) So there are a few phases when it comes to pleasure. Okay. The first one is excitement. And this phase can last for a few minutes or for a few hours or days, even talk about some sexual tension in this phase women will physically start to notice that their muscle tension might increase a little bit. Their skin might become flushed. 
You may have a change in your nipples, like they might become harder or more sensitive. You might have more blood flow to your clitoris. Um, and there's also increasing blood flow to your vagina. And you also might have an increase in vaginal lubrication. You know, this excitement phase can really be like intense flirting. It can be drawn out over long periods of time. It could happen right before intercourse. There's no real uh, rules around excitement and everyone experiences it differently. The second phase of pleasure, the plateau phase, which is where you want to stay for a long period of time when you're in your follicular phase comes after excitement and extends to the brink of orgasm. If you've ever heard the term or practiced edging, it's primarily extending and playing with this phase. Okay. And if you haven't, it's so fun and sometimes so frustrating, but like in a make me beg for it kind of frustrating way. <laughs> um, and I highly recommend that you, you try it if you haven't already. And so in this plateau, in this orgasmic plateau, and if you're edging, then you're typically staying here for longer, which is what we're encouraging you to do in this follicular phase. Uh, the changes that began in that excitement phase start to become intensified. Women will experience more vaginal swelling from increased blood flow to that part of their body. The clitoris becomes highly sensitive. Your breathing and your heart rate and your blood pressure pressure continues to increase. You have more muscle tension. Um, and you might even begin to have some like muscle spasms in the feet and the hands. And I don't know, like, I feel like this makes me such a science nerd, but I'm literally getting turned on just talking about this because like, you can start to feel like, okay, yeah, that's what's happening in my body is I'm building up to this orgasm. Right. And that is the next phase. The phase number three is orgasm, which hopefully most of us here are familiar with. And if you're not, I'm so encouraging that for you. And I hope that by incorporating some of these practices, you will get there more easily. Um, and the fourth phase is called resolution. It follows the orgasm phase. And in the resolution phase, the body returns to its natural state. Some women at certain times of their cycle, especially are able to have a rapid return to the orgasm stage after being in resolution. And we'll talk about that in a second, but for now, this second stage, this, the second stage, the second phase of the pleasure of this plateau is the phase we really want to try and stay in the longest to have the strongest and best orgasms when you're in the follicular phase of your cycle, which is also the second phase of your cycle, which is kind of a fun co coincidence. Um, so easy to remember when I'm in the second phase of my cycle follicular, I want to stay in the second stage of pleasure the longest. And as I mentioned before, one way to stay in this phase of pleasure is to practice edging. And if you haven't practiced edging before, again, I highly recommend edging for, if you don't know, is the practice of intentionally stopping, stimulating yourself or a partner stimulating you right before the point of orgasm, and then starting up again and repeating the process as many times as it is pleasurable. And staying in this orgasmic plateau is going to give you the most hormonal benefit and also allow you to experience the maximum pleasure during your follicular phase. I really edging is the process to get you there. So 
Edging can be done solo. It can be done with a partner. It's so much fun. Highly recommend. It's going to give you the best follicular phase orgasm you can imagine. So some highlights for the follicular phase is thinking about having novel experiences inside and outside of the bedroom to stimulate pleasure in your brain chemistry, which is going to stimulate you between the sheets and then staying in that second phase of orgasmic plateau as much as possible. In the first half of this phase, you're going to bring in some extra lube. You might not need to in the second half, but that is totally up to you and your body. So now we're going to move on to most people's men and women's alike favorite phase, which is ovulation. And while ovulation only occurs for 24 hours in the body, energetically, this phase lasts for approximately five to six days. And one of the best ways to know that you've officially entered your ovulation phase is to notice when you start making egg white cervical mucus, egg white cervical mucus is slippery. It's stretchy. It's typically clear. You can usually like play with it between your fingers, you know, stretching it out and seeing its viscosity. Another way if to track that, you know, when you're in your ovulation phase is if you have a consistent cycle, meaning it's approximately the same amount of days every month. So between periods, you're having, you know, 31 days every month or 30 or 31 days every month or 27, 28, et cetera, um, is to track your basal body temp and see when you actually ovulate. So let's say you have that typical 30 to 31 day cycle you're tracking your basal body temp. You see that you typically ovulate around day 16 or 17. And then you count back about six days from that. And you'll know that, you know, around day 10, around day 10 or 11 is when you start to enter your ovulation phase. Right. And just to put this in context with all the other phases we've talked about so far. So let's say you bleed for three days, right? So day one, to day three of your cycle, you is your menstrual phase. And then day four through day 10 is your follicular phase. And then day 11 to day 16 is your ovulation phase. Got it? Cool. Now, hormonally during ovulation, estrogen peaks and estrogen makes you feel flirty and confident and sexy. You also are getting a little surge of testosterone during ovulation, which sparks your libido. And biologically, this makes sense because it's also your fertile window and your body is pretty primal. The whole cycle that you go through every month when it comes to your hormones and ovulation and bleeding is designed to help the human race continue onward, making your body designed to promote reproduction. So cue the horniness during your fertile phase. And not only is your libido likely to be on overdrive during this phase of your cycle, but you're also producing pheromones that let partners know to pay extra attention to you. Your physical features on your face are becoming more symmetrical and therefore more conventionally attractive. You're getting a little rosy tint in your cheeks and your body is making 20 times more cervical mucus than normal, making this a very naturally lubricated phase all to support you getting it on. So if in the menstrual phase, it was primarily about physical sensation that was driving horniness. And in the follicular phase, it was primarily about brain chemistry. 
hormones start to really show up and do their work as far as supporting desire, sex, libido in ovulation. Now, of course, there are other elements as well, right? Feeling more confident and sexy, which is a side effect of that estrogen can really go a long way to, you know, from a brain chemistry perspective, make us feel more excited about sex. But a lot of this is still being driven by the hormones. So hormones are the main driver of libido during the ovulation phase. And so from a sex perspective, we want to use what our body is already doing to maximize pleasure during this phase. So what do I mean by that? Set yourself up to be able to receive pleasure. Put yourself in the position to receive just like the egg that is being ovulated is putting itself in the position to be fertilized if that is what you are going for. So setting yourself up to receive pleasure. What does this mean? You're getting way more blood flow to the sexual reason of region of your body during this time. And it's already in, increasing, you know, like already priming you, I guess is the right way of thinking about it to be more orgasmic during this phase, right? So the physical sensations are coming into play too. You're getting a lot more blood flow to that part of your body, which makes multiple orgasms more likely. Basically, you can go from the resolution phase that occurs after orgasm back to orgasm a few times much more easily in this phase than you would at other times of the month. Make sure your sexual partner knows this and enjoy riding the multiple orgasm waves, right? Like who doesn't want more orgasms? And you might also realize that you need less foreplay than usual during this time. Whereas in that last phase, staying in that plateau was really critical for your pleasure, right? More foreplay was really critical for having intense orgasms. In this phase, quickies might actually feel fun. You're already more primed. You already have 20% more cervical or 20 times more cervical mucus. You already are way more wet. You already have way more blood flow to that region. You might need less foreplay. And so it might feel fun to have quickies and just like get into the multiple orgasms part a little bit faster. Another thing that is happening due to your body being in ovulation is that articulation and communication skills all happening for your brain are totally on point. So when it comes to pleasure, use your words, speak your truth, communicate your needs in and out of the bedroom to facilitate the best sexual connection. Also dirty talk might feel really exciting and also easy to access during this time because your communication skills and your are so on point and your confidences as well. And I know you're probably already looking at your tracking app and seeing when you're going to be ovulating next. And to be honest, I don't blame you, uh, because this is just so exciting because ovulation energy is downright amazing and using that sexual goddess vibe can extend beyond the bedroom too. And I really encourage you to take advantage of that. Um, it is really important to remember that you are fertile during this phase. And if you are working on bringing spirit baby earth side, this is definitely the time to have sex with the intention of conception. And if you are not desiring to get pregnant, it is important to be using protection during this phase. And there are many forms of non-hormonal contraception that can be used 
during this phase, if getting pregnant is not your plan at the moment. Um, and now is definitely the time to be using them. If you are engaging in sex with a partner of the opposite sex, um, and just also remembering that there are multiple ways to experience orgasm and pleasure during this phase without actual intercourse, right? There's lots of ways to experience pleasure either solo or with a partner um, that don't involve penetration. So all things to just keep in mind if you are not trying to get pregnant um, and don't have a really great plan for protection like condoms or diaphragms or, you know, different spermicides like neem oil or Fexi or whatever you're using. So that's ovulation. There's a lot going on hormonally. That's driving a lot of desire. You're able to achieve multiple orgasms. You might not need as much foreplay. You're feeling super confident when it comes to sex and enjoy every second of it. Use your words. Communication is great. It's the best. And so if it's the best and ovulation is usually everyone's favorite cycle phase for a lot of reasons, then the luteal phase kind of gets a bad reputation. <laughs> and I truly think that the luteal phase is so beautiful and misunderstood and also gets a bad rep and really hated because hormonal balance issues really impact the experience a lot of women have in the luteal phase. A recent graduate of my cycle informed coaching program said that actually it's her favorite phase because when you, the luteal phase is her favorite phase, because when you understand it properly, it's amazing. And I really couldn't agree more. And when it comes to sex, it's a nuanced phase and you really need to understand the nuance of it because it can be split into two phases within a phase. So like luteal phase 1.0, luteal phase 2.0. Um, and so overall, your luteal phase starts the day after you ovulate. Okay. So you ovulate, that egg is released within 24 hours. If it is not fertilized, or even if it is fertilized, you start your luteal phase. Okay. So within 20, 24 hours after you ovulate, luteal phase begins. And a healthy luteal phase should last approximately 12 to 14 days and is usually the same for you each month. So if you have a 13 day luteal phase, aside from like a super stressful situation, potentially making it shorter, it should be consistently 13 days every month. Same with if you typically have a 14 day or a 12 day cycle, et cetera. And this makes it the longest phase of your cycle. But energetically, the week one, and the week two of your luteal phase feel really different. And this is because you get a second little surge of estrogen a few days into this phase and progesterone, the progestation hormone starts production during this phase because your body thinks you may be pregnant. And right before you bleed, both of these hormones drop significantly, creating a very different emotional and physical environment in the body. And so in the first half of this phase, you still have a stronger sex drive coming off of that ovulation high. So you can kind of keep up the ovulation sex stuff that feels good. One thing to note though, is that that really lubricating cervical mucus production slows down or stops after ovulation. So you may need to bring back some lube even in the first half of this phase, um, just to keep things more comfortable. In the second half of this luteal phase, your sex drive will typically start to 
to dip, to wane. And if you want to continue having sex during this time, there are a few things to think about that will help you. Okay. So the first one is having slower sex with more intimate connection. This is probably going to feel the best for you. And more foreplay is definitely going to encourage the pleasure to actually increase like the physical sensation to feel better in your luteal phase. Okay. Extra lubrication also goes a long way, but so will a lot of foreplay and ambiance and mood cannot be ignored in the second half of your luteal phase. They will make a huge difference when it comes to how your desire plays out because in your luteal phase, cortisol, that stress hormone is more easily present and it makes it more common for women to get distracted or to overthink during intimate moments. And so to counteract this natural reaction that your body is having to being in your luteal phase and potentially leaning towards making more cortisol, you can try engaging all of the senses like scent, touch, visuals, et cetera, and get really present with your partner or yourself when you're having these intimate moments to decrease the sense of distractions and to really help yourself be able to surrender to the pleasure. It's also So not like, do not be alarmed. If you are feeling more cuddly than anything during this phase, it's important to remember that there are several ways to get intimate and create excitement for future phases. None of these phases last forever. And that's the beauty of living in a cyclical body. Right. And so if, if feeling like getting really sexy during this phase is not what feels best for you. This whole phase can be used to just create excitement for your next ovulation phase, if that's what feels right. So when it comes to your luteal phase, a couple of big things to remember is that we can kind of split it up into week one and week two, when it comes to sex and pleasure week one, you kind of get to ride that ovulation high, but maybe bring in some of the lube. And then for week two, we really want to slow it down, focus a lot on the ambiance and that slower, more connective sex is going to really go a long way along with some foreplay and extra lube to helping experience more pleasure during this phase. And that it is so okay. If you just want to be cuddly and focus on supporting your partnerships or relationships in other way to encourage sex in those phases where it feels a little bit more natural and aligned for you. So that's it folks. How to optimize your pleasure, the cycle informed way. I can't wait to hear how you start incorporating this into your sex life. Next week, we're going to be addressing some common issues that come up for women and their libido. So if you're curious that, and, you know, maybe think there's something else at play that cycle informing alone for your sex life can't solve, definitely tune in next week for the second part of our sexual health series. And as a reminder, if you enjoyed this episode, sharing on social media is the most helpful thing you can do to get this information into the hands of more women. The second most helpful thing you can do is leave us a review on Apple podcasts. This will help the podcast show up in the explore function and get this information to women who need it or just want it, right? Because again, who doesn't want more orgasms? Leaving a five-star rating also goes a really long way too. I love providing insight, knowledge, and wisdom in this long form way. 
on this platform and sharing and reviewing and rating means the absolute world to me and will allow me to continue to share in this way. So thank you again for being here, for tuning in and spending your time with me today. And I can't wait to see you next week for part two. And if you have any thoughts or feedback, please let me know. I love connecting with people. Feel free to find me on Instagram, Stephanie Adler Wellness, and sending you lots and lots of love.